0: Welcome to the Safe Haven Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. The Safe Haven Podcast is a space for you to be real, raw, emotional, vulnerable, hilarious, and or completely carefree. This podcast offers a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life in a judgment-free zone. Join me and my powerful guests as we dive into a variety of conversations and topics. Listen from where you are, as you are think laugh and cry along with us whether you're in your car in the kitchen chasing your kids running your business caregiving for someone that you love getting a mani-pedi while you're in the hospital a treatment center sitting on the deck on the dock or out for a run these weekly stories and messages will hit you right in the heart fill up your cup and recharge your spirits joining me today if you can hear the smile on my face, is Jolene Thomas. And Jolene, I could think of, I was just saying, how many different ways could I introduce you? Right, you know, kayaking extraordinaire, mom extraordinaire, partner extraordinaire, integral part of the community. You're, you're amazing. And I'm so thrilled that you're here. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Jolene has a variety of stories that she's going to be sharing with us today. Uh, but I wanted to dial it back a little bit because I love love. I love love a lot, and when Jolene and I were having our pre-recording chit chats, our faces were hurting because we were smiling so much talking about how
1: you met Stuart. Yay! So let's Stuart. go. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, um, I guess, yeah, my life took it a, took a, took a change, of course, and I needed something different from what I was doing, and I decided that I was. I'd always wanted to be a police officer, so I was on that course. I was trying to get in to the OPP, and in that time, I started volunteering and doing ride-alongs. And because Stuart was the only guy on staff that actually had the same size of chest as I did, I could wear his—I <laughs> could wear his his vest, his bulletproof vest, while I went on ride-alongs. Um, which was really nice of him to share his sweaty vest with me. Yeah. And, uh, and then I would leave a note in the pocket saying, you know, thanks for keeping me safe. Um, and then a couple of months after that, he came into the shop at Boatworks when I was um, working and, and thought he'd take a stab in the dark and ask for some kayak lessons, despite being terrified of being in enclosed spaces and couldn't swim. Uh, that's a big leap. I know, isn't especially that white water. Come oh, yeah, totally. on! Oh yeah, yeah. jump yeah. in. He was so scared, but he yeah. was such a trooper. Um, anyways, and then our story begins. Oh, mm-hmm. so from there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually in the in the interim of trying to get on with the OPP. I was day nannying for um, for a lady. Pause. Right. Tell us about the hug the hug oh oh right okay that's important that is important okay (laughs) sorry so our first date our first date we went for a drive and I was laughing so hard I could I've not laughed like that ever in just his simple little stories he's such a storyteller and uh (laughs) anyways despite ruining his vehicle and on and on on a piece of metal that I made him drive down accidentally. <laughs> um so it was a very expensive first date despite not doing anything other than drive and walk and talk. Um, at the end when he dropped me off, you know, he just gave me a hug and as soon as that hug happened, I saw as I saw our future together. I was like, "You know what? No questions. He and I are growing old together." Yeah. I don't know where that... I've never felt like that before. Yeah. <laughs> anything so surely about anything. Yeah. And then that that officially is yeah. where our story begins. Okay. I love it. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, magically, I was working um, for another mom who had two young kids as a day nanny in between supply teaching and running um, the kayak shop, and I was doing the dishes for some other mom's kids and realized... I don't want to be a police officer and work shift work and miss miss out on things. I want to be a mom. And so we had this conversation. Actually, you know what? We didn't even have that conversation yet, but I just knew I wanted to be a mom. And within a week or two of that, I was actually pregnant. Um and so <laughs> Olivia, my our firstborn, was born exactly 1 year <laughs> To to the date of our first date. date. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's a a tiny bit scandalous for for maybe our parents, but whatever. Well, even telling Stuart, though, right off the hop, he was so excited about it. Yeah. I told him. I told him. It was pitch black. And when I told him, he had something that he wanted to share with me. And I obviously had something I needed to share with him. And he... I beat him to it. And I I could hear him smiling in the dark. And I could see his teeth... And he, his response was, "You know, I said, I'm pregnant." And he said, "Really? Yeah, with the biggest grin. <laughs> with the total yeah, with the biggest grin." And you know, then I was on, I was on the yeah. insurance plan the next day. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, he is pretty serious about his role as being a partner and uh, and as a parent. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm pretty grateful about that. Definitely. So then Olivia was born, and. Um, you know, it was a pretty, you know, pretty uneventful first pregnancy. Um, and then in, when she was born, she was born actually on her due date, which I thought was pretty cool, but she, it was a really long and laborious labor and it didn't go very far. And I ended up having, um, a C-section after about two and a half hours of trying my darndest to push her out, um, and lots of barf. And so, uh, yeah, I had a C-section and, she latched on and started nursing really well, and life was great. Stuart had, you know, he had a parental leave, so he was off mm-hmm. work for four, three months with his vacation. It was almost four months. So it felt like we were on this holiday with mm-hmm. this baby. Yeah. Um, and when we brought Olivia home from the hospital, I noticed the glands in the back of her neck were swelled up. And I was, a, you know, my mom, my mom Dar was going off, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And so I called telehealth, And the nurse, I I still can't even fathom this, but the nurse said, oh, there's no glands there. What? Like, get your anatomy book out, lady. What is going on? Anyway, so I had a girlfriend, um, my best friend, who is a naturopath. She was staying with us to help. And uh, she assured me that, you know, she's fine. She's fine. We'll just carry on. And we did. Everything was great for the first two months. And then we're kind of, we're getting to the point where it's time to make a decision about vaccines. And I didn't have any, I wasn't, I didn't feel strongly enough one way or another. Um, So I thought, you know, I'll just, we'll just do the two month vaccine. And the doctor had called, the doctor's office had called to say, we need to move Olivia's appointment because it's one day too soon to have her, her vaccines. She's too young by one day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we moved it three days later Mm -hmm. from her two month uh, birthday. Her two month birthday. Yeah, and uh, um, and she had a vaccine, and everything was, you know, I thought, wow, she has no fever. You know, she didn't cry. Mm-hmm. I'm a success, you know, and then the next day, um, actually, I shouldn't say that. So while we were there, we had noticed, you know, she had a bit of like a baby acne or something on her face, um, but nobody was concerned because lots of lots of babies get stuff on their face mm-hmm. after a couple of weeks, um, but. The next day her face and her whole body was flared up so bad Um, and so back to the doctor we went and and they confirmed well I think it's eczema you know and at that point I hadn't really heard of what eczema was I didn't really know what eczema was Um, but then the more I dove into it I realized okay so the largest organ in her body being her skin is trying to give us a message like it is trying to get rid of something is mm-hmm. going on so then became the orner's task of trying to find a solution to why this was happening and so my girlfriend kelly who is our naturopath she recommended that i go on a brown rice diet and just simplify my diet to see if there was any foods that i was eating that was coming through my breast milk that was irritating her and i don't I don't actually ever remember there being anything, a big difference, like maybe marginally. Um, But as Olivia got a little bit older, like closer to three months at this point, the eczema was so bad. It was what people would call as wet eczema. So if you envision, you know, a sunburn or a blister popping and then that wet, raw skin underneath. So So painful. Yeah. So her face her face, her face and most of her body was covered in those kinds of things. Um, And, you know, I tried every kind of cream and every bath solution. (laughs) Like, yeah, it was a lot of trial and error, trial and error. Um, And at that point, so in her first year, sorry, I did go back. But in her first year of life, I think I counted 13 doctors between Emerge Family doctor, pediatricians, gastroenterologists, wow. and dermatologists, a few different dermatologists, and um, and going to sick kids in the end. It finally led us to sort of where where we are now. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was, you know, being a first time parent was is stressful enough. Mm-hmm. So then to have this on top of it was was a little daunting. But I, we all took it. I I don't remember being scared or. You know, you just kind of had to go into action and and try and advocate for this little being that couldn't talk or tell us anything. And so she, I'm just trying to think of what the sequence was. So yeah, it was probably about three months. She was probably about three months old and um, the eczema was so bad and so itchy and irritating for her that at her nap time and at bedtime... Um, we'd have to put mitts on her and pin the mitts to her pajamas and then pin her to a vibrating chair, to like one of those bouncy chairs reclined as flat as it could go in her crib just so that she wouldn't scratch her face raw Mm -hmm. while she was sleeping. And, you know, I remember, you know, coming into her room in the mornings because she was such an awesome sleeper. At six weeks, she was sleeping, you know, six to seven hours through the night. She was such a good sleeper um considering she was must have been com- really uncomfortable mm-hmm. um and uh i remember you know those mornings walking in and seeing her you know after, you know she got her hand out and she had rubbed her face or something and just like falling to my knees and being so sad because yeah i i i, don't, like, I didn't what know what to do, do. Exactly. i didn't know what to do and it was embarrassing I, not embarrassing because it wasn't my fault but i did kind of feel like people were judging me. So when I took her to the grocery store, to the earlier center, you know, the reaction was, oh, look at your, it's, oh, your baby. Oh, 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 that looks awful. Oh, that must be so painful. Mm -hmm. And it was the worst. I felt such, like, it was just awful to be, it was awful to be on the receiving end of that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want Olivia to get that vibe too. You know, imagine mm-hmm. seeing this person's happy face come into here. every time. And then change to this yeah. like gnarled up, gross, you know, disgusted look of sheer pain and terror. I don't know. Um, So I was grateful that it was the fall and coming the winter. So I could put a hat on and she could have a coat on so people wouldn't. See as much mm. of it as, as there was, um, yeah. And then even even for those first you know few months, we we still had no idea what was going on. So it was a lot of you know um, bathing her, bathing her lots, and putting lots of cream on her, or it was not bathing her and trying to dry her out. So and it we,
0: just wasn't getting better. It wasn't
1: getting better. It would you know, and then it would get worse and get worse and get worse. And then finally. We went to, it was just before Christmas, and we went to a um, pediatric dermatologist, and he said, you know what, actually, actually, you know what, it was, um, there was the pediatric dermatologist, but then he had students that were there, and she came in and she said, you know, something that we've been talking about in class a lot is, is staph infection, the link between staph infections and eczema. She said, I would recommend trying this antibiotic just to see what okay. what would happen and i was so resistant to doing antibiotics because i thought her her system is so is already behind the eight ball i don't want to bombard her with all this other things and mm. um and we had been putting you know every kind of cortisone cream on her and it was her skin was so delicate and thin looking and uh, anyways so i i thought you know what i've got nothing to lose it's christmas time i was, you know, stressed <laughs> as mm-hmm. as most people get, most parents get around Christmas time, mm-hmm. and um, within 24 hours, I couldn't believe the difference. It the wetness had dried up on wow. her face, and she was just rosy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it was like I felt like I win. The, I won the lottery. Yeah. I was so happy. I was just so delighted to see a positive change mm-hmm, for sure. And in this time, right around this timing, I had heard of another little guy in town that was suffering from the same thing and i think it was actually layla from the gravity coffee house who connected us that was the communal person and she gave me this lady's phone number and i called her and i said like just cold called her i was like hi i'm jolene i have this kid that has these things i hear you have a kid too and we talked for two three hours on the phone and most of it was just crying just Knowing there was somebody out there mm-hmm. that was going through the exact same thing, mm-hmm. and I think when everybody's in crisis, you think it's never happened to anybody else, right? right? You're so alone, and there's no solution. Like you know, it's it's hard to believe that there's a solution. Mm-hmm. There is possible that it's possible that there's a solution, right? So to know that there was this other mom going through the exact same thing, local, in too. our same community, yeah. And then we discovered that both of the kids were born in the same hospital four days apart and i remember the kids last names are so similar olivia's is a humphreys and this other guy is a humphrey and and i remember the nurses saying oh there's another humphrey from Halliburton." and i you know at that point i was like whatever i have this new baby <laughs> like i was in baby bliss i i couldn't care yeah. less i just wanted to hang out with my kid and then afterwards, when we were talking on the phone, I was like, you're that mom. You were screaming in labor as I was leaving. So the kids are four days apart and have the exact same food allergies. Sorry. I jumped. Right. I just jumped the gun. Okay. They, so their first couple of months was completely parallel. And I had a C-section and she had a natural birth. So anyways, I'll get mm, back to that. Yeah. I'll get back to that. Okay. So remind me, to telling me Okay. Forget. My theory, our theory. Um, so Christmas time, yes, Christmas time. And with Stuart working shift work, and we had one vehicle at the time, because mm-hmm. we didn't need to have two vehicles. Um, my dad was coming up to pick me up to take me home for Christmas and Olivia. And then Stuart was going to come, you know, on his time, you know, when it, come and sleep with us and hang out with us because he was working over the holidays. And I thought, oh, I'll just give Olivia a bath. And I gave her a bath with a vino... Like eczema cream or eczema oatmeal bath that they actually label and as like an eczema stuff, right? Yeah, for eczema. So I thought, oh, this is perfect. (laughs) It was made for my kid. Yeah. I gave her the bath and her body was it looked like I put her in scalding hot water. It was red and she had hives everywhere. And and my dad had come just as it was happening and I was crying because I we had gained so much with this antibiotic and then all of a sudden she's got this thing happening and um so my dad helped me and we we rebathed her in plain water and then i was reading the ingredients and it said milk and because which i don't know it said milk on the it said milk on the box which i guess why why wouldn't that be a problem um but because i was on an elimination diet and i was eating you know i wasn't eating eggs i wasn't eating dairy wasn't eating wheat um I was okay. really limited eating bland, bland foods. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any of that in. in but I, I actually wouldn't have ever thought that there would be milk in, in, in a bath oatmeal, I guess. I don't know why I didn't think that. Yeah. But I've learned. In yeah. the last 13 years, I have learned to read every label, yeah, every single have solitary to. label. Yeah, um, And there's food products in the most unlikely substances which I have discovered as well. (laughs) Um, So, so this, where was I? Olivia having the bath and having this reaction. And so I had this panic of, you know, I I can't put like, I can't even bath her without, without her having a reaction to something. And at this point, I'm not really thinking allergies. I'm thinking that it's, You know, she's just reacting. It's irritating her skin. It's burning her skin or something like that. But in hindsight, you know, shortly after, we ended up going to, um, uh, well, we ended up going to a gastroenterologist who then said, you have bigger problems and sent us to sick kids. So this was, she's about nine. No, no, she was about a year old at this point. So before, before all of that started happening, um, we started introducing food to her
0: okay because <laughs> that's and you know and you're supposed to right. introduce them exactly. very slowly yes. and,
1: and at that time it was like okay you start with rice formula or rice cereal mm-hmm. and then you start with barley and oat and mm-hmm. blah 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 and I was doing that and she was loving eating and then we started doing barley infant cereal and she was about seven months maybe at that point and she had two meals of barley infant cereal and she projectile vomited like no like she projectile vomited. It was awful. And I, and I still was not thinking food allergies, so I was like, hmm, well, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And then she... Um,
0: I guess really, too, when you're with a newborn, and then, you know, as they're growing up and you are introducing these foods, there just seems to be such a step that every mom goes through to do these right, things, step right, by step, right?
1: Right, and you don't, you know, you don't give them a cracker to chew on no, when exactly. you're introducing these new things. That's right. Um, but it's funny because after with my third child I just let him eat off the plate it was so different such a different story but um so she started projectile vomiting actually with the barley so after the second time I I I stopped feeding her it and then I started feeding her my I can't remember vegetables I think probably at that point and everything was fine Mm -hmm. um and she loved eating and loved experimenting with food and um so I, I was a happy mom. Mm-hmm. I was a very happy mom. But then, as she got a little bit older and she was able to communicate, she would always sign. It was so cute. She would always sign, Mo more. more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> say more, more. Yeah. And she did, was never satisfied. She just needed to eat and eat and eat and eat. And we were in, yeah, we were in the, right. Sorry, I have to think about this. This is a long time ago. Um... I actually was expecting violet so Olivia had just turned one and I was expecting violet and at that time which is really not that long ago I was still nursing Olivia because I hadn't introduced cow's milk and I hadn't introduced any any um, like almond milk or soy milk nothing so I was strictly nursing her and she drank water from a sippy cup and when I went to the pediatrician with Olivia, she deemed her as failure to thrive because she was 16 and a half pounds at one and not Mm. really walking, but a healthy kid despite having this eczema all over her face, a relatively healthy kid and happy, you know, not really any complaints, but I just felt like I couldn't satisfy her. She just ate and ate and always wanted more food and more food and more food. And so I was concerned that because I was pregnant and nursing, what was happening with my milk and nobody at that time could give me an answer like the lush league and nothing nothing like that would say could say definitively it is fine to breastfeed while you're pregnant I'm like, there's women thousands millions of women all over the world that nurse their baby multiple children while mm-hmm. they're pregnant mm-hmm. like this is how else would you have fed your baby thousand years ago. Right. Um, And I I couldn't believe that there was was nothing. Nobody could... Nobody was... um, Nobody that I could find the resources for um, was promoting it. So they wanted me to start supplementing Olivia's um, diet with something for babies with cow's milk allergies because with eczema and they call it the allergic march. You know, the kids start with eczema and then they develop food allergies and yada 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 along the way. So there's a couple of different things that sort of were alluding to that for her and so we were avoiding them. Just to give her body a little break until she could communicate with us mm-hmm. that hey, that makes me feel really awful. Yeah. And um so so I remember being in the gas the pediatric gastroenterologist waiting room with her and Stuart. And I'm just newly pregnant, feeling kind of rotten. And she ate an entire box of rice crackers. she had had lunch, you know, she had had mm. breakfast, she had a snack on the drive and she had lunch when we arrived and then she ate this and she kept asking mo mo in this, in this thing. And I remember I walked in to the, to the doctor's office when we finally got in and I was like, I can't, I can't feed her, she, she just wants more and more and more food. And the, the lady there, bless her, she was such a saint. She said to me, she said to me, we have bigger problems. You know, I'm not worried because we were thinking she was celiac at this point. Okay. Um, at least the pediatrician thought she was celiac at this point. And she's like, we've got bigger problems. I, she might have, be celiac, but I guarantee she's got, this child has food allergies, I'm sending it to sick kids. And this doctor called me at home for days. How are you doing? Mm. What's going on? Like she's a specialist in Toronto, and she took the time. I could hear her at her own home doing That's her dishes, so special calling me, and I I finally felt like after seeing all of these other people, yeah. somebody was taking me seriously. You'd been seen, and yep. it's like I've been seen, I've yep. been heard, and like I wasn't doing this alone. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my kid or sorry, she got us into sick kids like right away, mm-hmm. right away, and so. What led us to this appointment um, was that pediatric der- or sorry was the dermatologist or sorry not the pediatric dermatologist sorry was the pediatrician and the one that had said that Olivia was failure to thrive and we needed to supplement your breast milk and then maybe you know start to wean her off breast milk because she couldn't she couldn't confirm if I should be nursing oh during gosh. which I like I I just couldn't I, it was. It just felt like such backwards thinking, um, um, but now I mean, you could get all kinds of information for and statistics sure. about that. Yeah. So it's amazing in 13 years how available that is mm-hmm. to us to anyone now. So, she, so she had given me a formula for babies with cow's milk allergies, and that's actually what it said. It said formula for babies with cow's milk allergies, and I thought. I resisted like it was on the counter for about two weeks I'm like I refuse to feed my baby this formula I can provide for her like I just mm-hmm. did not want to do that after she was a year old I, I didn't want to do it and then I um, I broke down and Stuart was getting ready to go in for a night shift and it was the holiday long weekend of September Labor Day weekend it was the Monday afternoon and we were sitting on the deck and we were watching all of the cars all of the cottagers go home for the summer, you know. It's kind of a pastime, yep. and uh, and I had given Olivia a sippy cup, and I had one serving, which was you know a few tablespoons, and she took the sippy cup and she took a sip out of it, like one little sip out of a sippy cup, like a like a toddler sippy cup. So not very much in yeah, one, yeah. and she took two sips, and then all of a sudden she started going. <sighs> Oh my God. And she was pulling at her throat and she was trying to swallow and she was like gagging. And I wasn't even piecing it together. Uh And then all of a sudden I looked at her because she was sort of panicking. And she had hives, like in seconds, hives the size of toonies all over her face. And I remember thinking, I just raced her upstairs to Stuart and I was like, I think she's having an allergic reaction. Uh And we, we didn't have EpiPens. We didn't have, like we didn't have any of that stuff on because we weren't you know, everyone was, everyone was, I shouldn't say everyone, most of the doctors that we had seen were kind of poo-pooing food allergies, mm-hmm. thinking, you know, that's not really, Yeah. but my girlfriend, the naturopath, she was like, I feel like this is maybe the path that we're going down. Um, yeah. So, so what do you do? Well, that's the thing, right? What do I do? So I have this yellow lab, my dear dog, Lucy, that I've had for so long is allergic to the rabies vaccine. Oh gosh. And bee stings. And so I have this homeopathic for her, for hives that I give her if she gets stung by a flying insect. So I gave Olivia that. And within, like, I could watch the hives go mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. by the time that happened.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank God you had that.
1: I know. Think, right. And, and as if that would work. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I, I be- thinking I believed, on your
0: feet for sure. Yeah. Thinking, and you believed.
1: Yeah. And I believe that like, Holy. this was the only solution, mm-hmm. but now and thinking in hindsight like i never went to the doctor we didn't go to emerge right we didn't go to emerge she just had these big hives and also you know Rivita crackers mm-hmm. you know how rough they are yeah like they would feel so great i thought these would feel so great for a baby that's or for a toddler that's teething on their gums like to right. suck it like it just feels so <laughs> i don't know it just feels so yummy yeah for those poor little sensitive gums and and now when I look back at photos of her, I can see she has hives all over her face that we didn't really I just thought they were part of her eczema. And now she has like I was so ignorant to this whole thing and and naive. And she'd have hives all over her face and she'd be eating that Ryvita cracker. Oh god. I know. I know. And 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 so I remember also, sorry I'm kind of jumping around all over because it's it just felt like such a long story but she she would randomly barf in her sleep and and i always assumed that it was so much mucus from food aller- or from environmental allergies you know from the fall from ragweed and typical mm-hmm. typical things that people suffer from cuz she would be congested and stuffy and and uh, you could hear the mucus in in her in her throat and so i just assumed that's what it was but now, years later, knowing what she is actually allergic to, I think I was actually poisoning her, and she was, she was having allergic reactions, mild allergic reactions. But she was barfing in her sleep, and because just, of what she was eating. Because she was eating. So,
0: go back to um, after the sippy cup incident, where she had these two, uh, the tuna-sized hives, yeah. hives all over her. Yeah. Um, after that did you go back to the specialist did you call the one that used to call you like what did
1: you do after that? so so that's where i, I kind of jumped around so what the timeline was we'd gone to the pediatrician and she um put a referral in to the gastroenterologist the pediatric gastroenterologist okay. on enterologist because i was concerned that it was celiac because mm-hmm. that was kind of the the thing at the time um, and so she had put that referral in but in the meantime she had given us the because she wasn't absorbing the food right she wasn't gaining any weight she was so she was 16 and a half pounds mm-hmm. at one years old and so she she had given me the formula to help supplement until we got to the gastroenterologist for some testing um, and then once I got to the gastroenterologist I said by the way this just happened and then that's when she said you know what actually we've got bigger things to worry about okay your kid has some allergies we need to get you to sick kids and so she jumped us and we went to sick kids then next week and we saw a team of doctors at sick kids and at that point so I'm going I, I say I know that she's had the reaction to the bath stuff mm-hmm. certain creams any of vino products um she's had a reaction to the barley infant cereal and and to this milk or to this this formula for babies with cow's milk allergies. Mm-hmm. so I think it was soy based, but there was still um, dairy proteins in it, really refined, so babies that were like lactose or intolerant or something like that would be able to take it but because Olivia's allergic to the proteins as opposed to the sugars um uh, it wasn't it it was enough to give her that sort of a reaction and so then we were watching um i remember one night stewart gave her a kiss we have he and i were having pizza and she was having whatever she was eating whatever meal it made for her not pizza <laughs> mm-hmm. and he gave her a kiss to say good night because he was going on night shift and after he left i looked and she had hive marks in the shape of his lips from the cheese oh on her gosh. forehead oh my gosh yeah, on her forehead. So I thought, wow, that's pretty wild. So then I'm thinking, okay, there's a lot of dairy things happening. Then we go to Sick Kids, and the team takes us. And it's I don't know for any listeners that have ever been to Sick Kids or um, Chimo or I think it's Chimo in Ottawa, it's pretty incredible. Like they have a team of people that come in and take your story and write everything down, mm-hmm. and then they go into an office and they all chat about you. And then they come back with a plan. It's pretty. It's pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and and again another time I'm like somebody's here to help me. Yeah. So this gastroenterologist doing her dishes made some phone calls to some colleagues and got us in. And and I remember even even the allergist there at Sick Kids she's like I don't think she's allergic to these things. And I kept saying I live rurally. Like the I live rurally. The closest hospital is 15 kilometers away, and you know I don't always have a car, because um, Stuart has it at work, and I'm not comfortable giving my baby any of these, of the top, top nine at that point, top nine allergen, um food. I'm not, I'm not in the, I'm not going to test anything. I'm not comfortable testing anything. No. And the other mom and I we joked about it that we would do it at the earlier center or somewhere like the parking lot of emerge or something if we were going to introduce a new food to our kids, we do it in that setting Safety so that we first. could you know, yeah. so we can make a quick getaway. And that made people feel really uncomfortable. Like really uncomfortable that we would feel like we needed to be in a public space to do that. But, you know, it was like, well, our kids need to. We need to find out. There's no other way of knowing right. what was safe and what wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the at Sick Kids, I said I had forced. Um, sorry, I hadn't forced. Um, the allergist was said, "I'm going to test for milk and I'll test for soy because they were in the, in that both in that formula." And I said, "I need you to test for eggs. I need you to test." You know, can you test for a couple of other things? She said she's not allergic to those things. I I I doubt she's allergic to those things. And I was like, I just feel like, could we we're here? Can you can you just do it? And I said because I'm not comfortable doing them at home Mm -hmm. because of my circumstances. And so, begrudgingly, she did a big panel of tests. And when she came, and actually, as she was doing the skin prick test on her back, her mouth was like. Wow! Mm-hmm. Every with every test because it was an immediate reaction, and I don't know if it was because she was so little, or if she just was so that reactive yeah. at that point. Her her system was really overloaded, um, and so um, yeah, she apologized and and said, "Well, I'm I'm glad that we I'm glad we did these." And i was mm-hmm. thinking, thankfully, thankfully, because it's it's a lot for anybody that has to go to the city and find parking and then go to your appointment like it it takes a lot of resources to go to an appointment out of town and i wanted to make sure that we
0: and had we you had violet mass. at this point yet Nope, you hadn't okay. no
1: no i hadn't had Violet. At so that add point. the fact that you're doing this pregnant yeah very pregnant at that point mm-hmm. very pregnant and uh so we did all of these things and then the dietitian came and sort of chatted with us and i was still nursing um and with the goal of trying to get more foods in into her. And I was terrified knowing that she was at risk of anaphylaxis now mm-hmm. to peanuts, eggs, dairy, and what was the other thing? And barley, and barley for sure. Um, and then they had scheduled us to come back, I, I can't remember, six or nine months later to, to retest for a couple of other things. And then they did a larger panel at that point. And so from that point, she was probably because I had violent at that point, because I remember having a car seat in that, that the next appointment from that point on, she has been allergic to dairy, eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, sesame seeds, and all wheat products, gluten. Gluten is not the allergy. Um, it's the proteins in the wheat family. So rye, barley, spelt, camet. Um, I think that's pretty, and wheat. Those are those. So that's her list. And shellfish. And she was, she's 16 months old, 18 months old. <laughs> oh my god. And, and uh, I, I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I going to feed her? What am I going to feed her? And I wasn't really, I was kind of distracted because I was fairly sleepy. Oh no! I had no. Sorry, Olivia would have been twenty months old, just over, just under two years by the time we had done this. Because Violet, there's twenty months apart um, between the two girls, and at that point, I was thinking, w- what am I, what am I going to feed her? Mm-hmm. What am I going to feed her? And and is this baby also going to have the same? Like, what do I do? And I remember, I remember the allergist saying to me, "You go to a barn." You go to a barn, you have your baby in the barn, and then on the drive home, you get a puppy. <gasps> and you're going to boost that immune system yeah. of that baby. <laughs> <You're>, you'll be <laughs> totally fine. And so I was like, okay, you guys keep eating dirt. It's fine. Just yes. keep eating dirt. And then, I, you know, as a great justification for not mopping my floor every day. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so now I have this kid that has all of these food allergies and it's not just...
0: And you don't realize, like you said, you don't realize just how many of those ingredients are in oh, other yeah. things that you would never expect them to be no. in.
1: And like a typical little kid, mom, can I help you? And I, so, you know, we we're trying to be conscious of all of the things we we're mm-hmm. bringing to the house, having, having babies. And I was using e-cover dish soap and I... S- And Olivia was helping me do the dishes. And and I kept thinking, like, what is wrong? And she had all these hives around her forearm. I thought, that's really weird. Mm -hmm. That's really weird. So I thought, I'll just look at the back of the ingredients. And I was reading them and reading them. And all of a sudden, it was like, holy crap, there's dairy in the dish soap. I, what? Yeah, dairy in the dish soap. So I'm like, what kind of dish soap do you have? (laughs) No, not that kind. Dawn. Yeah, you're probably fine. Okay. There's no food in that It helps baby ducks. (laughs) So what? So I hear I'm 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 thinking I'm doing the right thing by buying, you know, yeah. environmentally friendly, yeah. f- whatever, and my kid is being poisoned and I'm washing her dishes in dish soap she's eat, that has dairy right. in it. And, so uh, that obviously we stopped buying that and had to find another solution. And that made me super neurotic about reading labels. Oh yeah. Um and I think I can't remember the timeline But I also was, we were still struggling with eczema, knowing that she had these food allergies. We had eliminated them from her diet, eliminated them from my diet, but she was still had eczema and had other things. And so I, we had um, an environmental, hold on, an environmental consultant, Okay. environmental, I can't remember what his name is. It was this guy that came into our house and he had a bunch of machinery and tested for molds and tested for off gassing from stuff. Um, And I remember him saying to me, Poochie's got to go meaning this dog that I've had for six years. Who's my like, Mm -hmm. who's my appendage. This, this, -hmm. this dog. And I was so mad. I was so mad. And Stuart, you know, he, he, he was like, no, no, the dog's not going to go. We'll just keep the dog in a, in a separate space. And so the next round of, um, of uh, allergy or of skin prick testing, it came back. She wasn't allergic to dogs. And probably, wow. so now I'm thinking, hmm, maybe she was irritated by the dog the first night when I brought her home from the hospital and her glands were all swollen. Right. Maybe that's what it was. And then her immunity built up from it. I have no idea. Right. There's no way of knowing. No. But that's my theory. Um, that's my theory so she she's this little toddler who's super bright and loves chatting and is so aware of what she needs to do to keep her safe that even at two she could talk and she could say is that safe for me wow yeah is that safe for me and so aware yeah Yeah. She was super aware. Um, and and she wouldn't shake people's hands. She wouldn't shake people's hands or, and even now she sometimes does it, but most of our friends all, everybody's on board. We have such a wonderful community of friends that all support Mm -hmm. her and Mm -hmm. are mindful about, you know, not eating peanut butter when we're, you know, before they don't eat peanut butter, like the day that we go to their house and there's other families that, have eliminated some of those foods from their house when she was little and, you know, would maybe pick things up or was putting things in her mouth. Yeah. Um, so she, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for every, I could name, I could name everybody, but I don't, I would hate to leave somebody out. So um, yeah, they made it possible to be out in the world with this kid that should be in a bubble. Mm-hmm. And, and it really helped the other mom because then i guess there wasn't the same resources for her or they didn't go to an allergist um as soon as we did um and so but all was, the same allergies but all the same allergies so she eliminated she it was more trial and error from their end um but she was able to eliminate those things and and then he got better as well
0: yeah are these i'm pretty ignorant to allergies because i don't have Mm-hmm. a single one i don't even flare You're up so with lucky p- i know You're so lucky. i'm so grateful yeah. i am so You're lucky so lucky even pollen doesn't right. get to me you know yeah um ragweed when people just go nuts about it rag- right yeah. that doesn't Nothing. bother me mm-hmm. so again i'm so grateful and especially even more so now yeah can i know that people can acquire allergies mm-hmm. as they grow older mm-hmm. can you outgrow them
1: yeah. Well, here's the theory. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> here's a couple of theory. Here's okay. a couple of theories. So the allergist that we have, who, who I respect very well, mm-hmm. he um, believes that as a child's immune system matures, as they, they their immune system sort of matures around puberty, mm-hmm. or as puberty is ending, so mid mid to late teens, depending on, um, that once you hit that time your immune system is fairly set. You have an adult immune system, so it's not changing over the same way as a child's is. Um, and so the theory is if we can mitigate some things or start desensitizing early, that maybe we can trick the immune system, for lack of a better word, into believing that it's not safe, or that it's that this this healthy food is actually safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the other mom and I, just, just to go back, We, because the antibiotic worked so well in the very beginning Mm -hmm. with Olivia and with the other little boy, we, and it was a staph infection. The only thing that was the same for us in that delivery at the the hospital was the hot tub. I was in the hot tub and then she was in the hot tub a couple of days later and the nursing staff. So everybody has staff on their hands. Like that's a pretty normal thing, but there was a football team that all got staph infections from a hot tub around I don't know I don't know the kids were just little little at this point and this light bulb went off for both of us like I think we both called each other that day and we're like did you hear because what what I understand from it is that this staph infection she got as an infant on day one whenever she was came out of my womb and the staph infection reprogrammed her immune system however that works to be frightened and fight these simple foods that Mm -hmm. she's in you know these simple foods so that's the theory and there's new research coming out about that actually That that supports it that supports this link between food allergies and staph infections in infants so she could have been born with them like in utero have them or triggered there's there's no way of there's no way of knowing Mm -hmm. there's no way of knowing but they showed up fairly quickly in her life um so it could be either either one of those things
0: so how rare is this food allergies no no like the the severity
1: Mm. I actually don't have a statistic to know I just know I mean there's lots of children that have one or two allergies but to have a list oh my gosh like that is quite it's quite substantial, and the fact that there's two kids, yeah, that have this same same story is pretty, it's, it's pretty remarkable actually. Mm-hmm. And for those kids growing up in the last thirteen years to have each other, to know that each yeah. other, you know, you're you less know, alone. You're alone, yeah. You're less alone. And if if something happened and I needed to take her somewhere, I knew that that was a safe house to take her. There's no way she would get contaminated by anything Mm -hmm. and when i say contaminated i mean if she touched the arm of the chair that somebody had popcorn on and she scratched her face or picked her nose or put her fingers in her mouth that would be enough to have given her a reaction so a reaction um hives any anything so what will put her into anaphylaxis Uh, the definition of anaphylaxis is basically two systems so gastro skin breathing um, you know, there's, uh, yeah, so I said skin. I think there's five of them. That. Now I'm under peer pressure and now I forgot, <laughs> now I forget them all. So if you have two of those systems happening, then that's technically anaphylaxis. Okay. So if you just have gastro upset from eating something, you know, maybe not, but maybe that is, maybe the worst is yet to come. So it's kind of a fine definition and, and how they define anaphylaxis is, that Olivia is at risk of anaphylaxis. So it might not, she could eat dairy. She could accidentally eat dairy and not have a reaction and then tomorrow eat it and potentially die. And the way that our allergist explains it to us is then it depends on her metabolic rate, her hormones, like what Mm -hmm. she ate the day before, what kind of exercise she's doing, if she's sedentary. That formula is very unique and specific to each individual, and there's no way to figure it out. We do know definitively that if Olivia had a bone marrow transplant, that those allergies would leave, and whoever she was donating her marrow to would get the same allergies. So it's it's in you. It is in you once you have Bone those deep, cum- literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, that's not a cure. No. But, but they do know that that's wow. one thing that they do know with... Um, with bone marrow transplants Mm -hmm. is that if, if a a donor has allergies, then the recipient will also have the same, the same allergies, Mm -hmm. which is pretty wild.
0: Mm -hmm. So how does this, you have homeschooled the kids, haven't you? Yes. And that was strictly just because you wanted to initially? Well, I think
1: as a kid, I always wanted to be homeschooled. I dreamt, I thought, Oh, man, it's such a beautiful day. And I'd look out the window and I'd listen to the teacher, like Charlie Brown, like wah, 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 wah. wah, wah." And I just feel like it was such a waste of time. I wanted to go out and do other things. Um, And there was other kids, I guess, when I was a kid growing up that had homeschooling and I thought, oh God, that would be so wonderful. But then I didn't really think anything of it, and I went to university for science. And I bought early childhood education books, you know, because mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. I I was on that path, yeah. And then, um, and then I was uh, supply teaching and doing doing such actually at the time that Olivia was born. So I had done that after university, obviously. And then I, um, oh gosh, Stuart and I had decided, um that we weren't going to send the kids to school for kindergarten or JK. We weren't going to send her for JK because I was, I was home mm-hmm. and had another baby. And mm-hmm. um, we were just going to keep her home for that year because I, we could. And with the development of all of her allergies and the reality of what that looks like
2: mm-hmm.
1: for a family, that means no going to a restaurant to eat out. That means, you know, going to a kid's birthday party, going to any event because every single event in North America revolves around food every single thing if you think of you know an opening for for an example our dear our favorite bookstore master's bookstore had their 40th wedding or their 40th wedding their 40th anniversary this weekend they have cake they have beautiful cupcakes or muffins and and vegetables and and fruit and crackers and things and and then you go to a Christmas party and it's all food, mm-hmm. and you go to a birthday party and it's food, and you go to a fashion show and there's food, yes, yeah. food, food, food. Um, so the reality of what our life would look like was was quite daunting, because we live rurally, because the grocery stores didn't really have any alternatives to anything else. There's one family that had a daughter with celiac and she had some sensitivity to dairy. So she had actually got the, one of the grocery stores to order in a couple of soy-based um, dairy products. So there, there was that option. But even 13 years ago, or almost, th- yeah, 13 years ago, there really wasn't, you know, health food stores had a couple of things um, but there wasn't a lot of options, especially mainstream grocery stores. There wasn't options. Not like there wasn't the the health food section at the Independence and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So I had to order food through Sick Kids to get delivered to us, um, just so I could feed her bread and feed her a butter-like substance or yogurt. You know, you get in this mindset that, you know, your kid has to eat yogurt because that's the thing that you it's such an easy thing to feed your kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it forced us to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time, a lot of time baking and trying recipes and trying to substitute things. And Stuart, thankfully, is a, is better at at precise details, I'm more of a, oh, I'll have a little bit of this and a pinch of that. And, and, then, and then the recipe never turned out. So mm-hmm. he he took on the baking thing and there was many loaves of bread that were like hockey pucks and, you know, unedible, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, and, and those supplies cost so much money. Oh, I think of how much money we've invested in safe foods. It's mm-hmm. wild. Like a loaf of bread is $7, you know. Her My butters... Gosh. Her fake butter, which isn't even healthy, no. is, you know, $6 and um, I, I could go on and on and on, you know, cereal.
0: So how, how do you, as a family,
1: work towards maintaining some sort of normalcy? You know what? Inside our house, everything is normal. Our life is normal. We limit the foods. For the first couple of years when she was a toddling and not really able to advocate too much for herself... We had none of those foods in our house. And poor Stuart, having a high metabolism, not being able to eat eggs for breakfast. You know, people thought, wow, he must be really sick because he dropped weight so mm-hmm. fast. Both mm-hmm. of us did because we were eating processed food. We're actually eating really well. We're yeah. eating meat and vegetables and fruit and whole grains. It was, it was actually great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great. But um, so in our house, that's what we ate. And if we went anywhere... We packed our own food. We didn't go out to restaurants because, like I said, that that wasn't an option. You know, so we joked about buying, you know, a camper trailer,
2: mm.
1: a camper yeah. a tent trailer, not a tent trailer, but a camper trailer. And so that everything was contained because, you know, when we go to our parents' house for sleepovers, for holidays, you know, everybody had to wash the sheets and, and vinegar because, you know, downy and tide and whatever gain we're all really fragrant and she couldn't have strong fragrances and she couldn't have harsh chemicals on her skin and so it was quite labor intensive and i have to give a big shout out to our parents for going above and beyond to be able to host us Mm -hmm. um yeah so the only time that it got scary or that we had to really you know put our put our socks on was for going out of the house Mm -hmm. and and even now you know, dropping her off at camp or um, to a place where, you know, just day campers, you know, or mm-hmm. a, a workshop or something. I think, oh, right. So we have this thing. So Olivia's <laughs> at risk of anaphylaxis to all of these foods. And the person is like, oh, my god oh gosh. My gosh. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm really sorry to drop this bomb on you. I'm really, really sorry. And I should have given you a heads up, but it's so normal for us. We don't even we don't even think about it on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis and I guess
0: too as she's getting older she's so aware of
1: of foods and what she can and can't have and what oh. her limits are she's been like I said she's been so amazing yeah we used to, <laughs> I have this really funny story she'd be horrified but um you know we don't spend any we didn't spend any time at church and we were driving down the road and Olivia one day I don't know she's probably about two and a half three years old and she's like mom Who's that dead guy on the stick? Oh, gosh. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I've done this. I've done so many great things for my kid, and I haven't actually shared any religious stories with my kid. Yeah. Nothing at all. So I was like, we have to go to Sunday school, inconveniently. We live next to a church that has Sunday school. <laughs> and so... so uh So became her introduction and all of the people there are so lovely and they, Mm -hmm. and they love seeing children and Mm -hmm. they wanted to shake her hand. And she said, your hand's not safe. Oh, she would say, your hand's not safe for me. And they would have this bewildered look on their face. What do you mean? Why, why is my hand not safe? And so I'd have to explain, you know, you know, the food that you were just eating for tea time is, is not safe for her. So and she'd know, and and and, and she would say to her cousins, or to even to my mom, or you know, our parents. Yeah. She would say, um, "Before you play with me, you have to wash your hands." She knows. Yeah, and this was before, and I thought, okay, she would be able to advocate for herself going mm-hmm. to going going to school. She could do this. So we're getting back to your question about about homeschooling. Um, but then I we were at the beach, at church beach, one day with a bunch of other families and I saw this little girl eating yogurt at the beach and she was feeding herself the yogurt because she was at that age and it was smeared all over and then she came over to play with us and wanted to play with our sand toys and I was having a conniption because I saw that yogurt all over her face all of her hands all of her bathing suit and she was playing with our beach toys Olivia's beach toys and I, I panicked mm-hmm. would not Oh my gosh. So then (laughs) I went back to the days that I supply taught in a kindergarten classroom and and remembered the milk spraying and spilling and kids with yogurt all over their face and going to the water fountain and shoving their face into the water fountain and having it all over them and the handle of the water fountain. And so it was so bad that we actually didn't take books out of the library because what if a kid was eating a peanut butter sandwich and Mm -hmm. looking at this book from the library. So it wasn't until she was much older that we started to do those kinds of things. And, and we have great resources here for a small community, for young, for parents with young children, the earlier center and, Mm -hmm. and everybody was really wonderful there. But, but there was Cheerios on the ground and there was food again, right? There's food kids Mm -hmm. need to eat. And so for my mental health, I needed to be there as minimally as I could, and yeah. I enjoyed being outside, and that's neutral ground, right? That's nobody's bringing snacks into my house that aren't safe, and you know, <laughs> the snacks can be consumed, and the crumbs can stay on the ground, and the chipmunks can eat them, and we can still all have a great time, and I'm not stressed, and my kids safe. Mm-hmm. And so I started these, I started play dates, this this thing called play dates, where we would just meet and go for a hike. Or go to the park outside instead of and we go I don't know snowshoeing in the winter or tobogganing with the kids or something so I started this outside thing and it, it gained such so much momentum that uh, I felt really badly because I thought oh my goodness I'm taking people away from the earlier center on these days yeah <laughs> you know um, but I also believe that you know it was good for kids to be outside and I wanted I wanted to be outside and I wanted my kid to have friends mm-hmm. and that for me that's how I felt. It could happen safely for everyone. So we had playdates um outside and I felt safe and everybody was happy because everybody's happy when they play outside. Mm-hmm. And then I it was getting time to consider school and Stuart said to me he said to, he said to me we can't send her to school. And the principal was really accommodating. She, you know, she offered for Olivia to eat her lunch in the principal's office every day to stay safe. And that actually broke my heart because I thought I don't want her to be segregated. But at the same point, I also don't want her to be the first kid with this. You know, there have been kids Mm -hmm. with other things, but not that many things mm-hmm. and in a lot of classrooms at that time if they had a peanut allergy then you didn't same with today you don't you know it's a ban in that classroom you don't actually send peanuts mm-hmm. but, but
0: this, this is so much
1: more I, than I, I'm like, how can I, I you, well you can't send dairy and you can't send eggs and you can't sell peanuts or tree nuts or sesame seeds <laughs> or right. wheat actually so uh, cardboard maybe yeah <laughs> right <laughs> and some celery <laughs> um, is and I didn't want to be that mom. And at the same point, I was like, again, my mental health, worrying about her mm-hmm. all the time. And she, like I said, she was a huge advocate. Like, she could take care of herself from a very young age. She would know. But Stuart said, I can't, she, I'm can't. i not ready for her to do that. We're not ready. Like, I'm not ready. And I was having my third baby around that time. And I was home. And, I, and he said, we should homeschool. And I was like, what? I didn't even Yay! think that was an option. <laughs> yeah. Like, it didn't even cross my mind. And I thought, yes, can I do that? Like, am I really, po- is it really possible? What Do I know what to do? And uh, anyways, now it's become a lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, Olivia's going into grade eight, um, this fall and, uh, you know, she's just now starting to express interest to go to high school. Um, you know, we have a great community of homeschoolers. All of my kids' best friends are all homeschooled. And without them, this journey wouldn't be nearly as fun as it's been. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. We can go on trips, camping trips, um, you know, cottage weekends together, and everybody, every family takes a turn supplying the food mm-hmm. um, for each meal. Like, each family does a meal so that you're not doing all of it, all of it And they're obviously so mindful
0: so that you can yeah.
1: be inclusive. Oh, yeah. And and everybody can accommodate Olivia safely. So, that being said, as she gets older and she realizes the severity of her, of her, <laughs> I don't know what, <laughs> her monkey on her back, of, of the food allergies and just how quick things can change and how there can never be an accident with food allergies. That's right. You know, I can't accidentally give you the wrong kind of milk. I can't accidentally use that knife for your food when I use that for the grilled cheese sandwich for your 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 brother and your sister's food. So for her, and, and you know, she's more conscious of the news and she's able to read the newspapers and she's able to you know, see my feed on social media and hear about kids with food allergies and just accidental deaths with mm-hmm. around that. She's starting to, you know... And, and also she's at that age where she's, you know, the umbilical cord's being stretched, right? She's she's testing her autonomy by herself. and mm-hmm. But at the same point, you know, she needs her mom. Totally. She totally For needs sure her mom. For sure she does. You know, just one of us to be there to watch or eat to be that second eye or the you know that the person that reads the ingredients the second time just to mm-hmm. double check and because we had a scare one time you know um they always say you know make sure you every single time make sure you read the ingredient list and a popsicle you know it's hard a convenience store i can buy her nachos and i can buy her banana popsicle <laughs> that's that's pretty much all we can have on the road at a convenience store at all hours. And, um, and the popsicles that we would get for her, actually, she could also have these like cyclone ones or rocket ones with the red and the white and the blue, just as a change from a banana popsicle. And she, um, she said, mom, did you read the ingredients? And and I said, "No, no, I didn't. She said, because it looks different. And I thought, Oh buddy, it's, it'll be fine. And then I said, actually, you know what, just pass it up and I'll read it. And I read it and it actually had dairy in it now. And, I, and I, I'm like, stop, don't do that. Um, but she was like, oh. ah, just away. But she knew, she knew. It's wild. She has such an innate ability because we were becoming at that time where, you know, the allergist was thinking it's time to start um, doing some food challenges just to see if she's lost some of her... Mm-hmm. Just to see if she's lost some of her mm-hmm. allergies or whatever. So he wanted to do wheat. And <clears throat> and we were in the doctor's office, and she chose what she wanted. She chose ice cream cones. And it had wheat, coconut flour, and some like preservative to keep it crispy. That's it. And some sugar. That's it. In the ice cream cone. And the allergist jokingly said you're going to eat this whole box before you leave here, you know, thinking that she, and she got this, like, oh, I'm not going to eat that. Mm-hmm. That's, that makes me sick. Yeah, That's what we use. This will make you sick. You know, this will make you sick until my, my son started talking and he'll say that could make Olivia dead. Oh gosh. And I was like, well,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no,
1: you know, we don't need to like fluff <laughs> if I don't know what, but Oh gosh. Yeah, that was, that's pretty harsh. It was pretty harsh, but you know what? It worked for him that, that, mm-hmm. you know, he was like, I need to keep my sister safe. I'm not going to do that because, because the outcome will be horrible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so the allergist was like, okay, you're just going to try a crumb. And she literally was putting her coat on and I was pulling her back and she was holding onto the door frame Like, I am not putting that in my mouth. That will make me sick. I'm not putting that. And she was 11 maybe at that point. <clears throat> and um she she said you need to prove to me that that's safe for me to eat. And so he did a skin prick test and he came back and he was like, "Huh, it's not safe for you to eat." And she said, "I knew it. I could smell it. It wasn't safe." Like, wow. 11 years old. You have superheroes. Yeah. That's superhero status. Wow. She could smell it. And so she has this thing that she she does. She like, she'll sniff it. And she'll like nope she knows she knows so and she must have felt and I think well maybe all those times she had hives and I was poisoning her but not thinking that I'm not realizing mm-hmm. that actually I was poisoning her you know she's remembered all that and she never wants to feel that miserable again yeah and, and it's funny because we were fishing on a canoe trip once and um, she she had a shellfish allergy and we were cleaning the fish and inside the fish were crayfish partially digested crayfish and i was like that, is that shellfish is that safe is that not safe like what happens to the proteins of right undigested food in the muscle tissue of the animal that's digesting it does that like the proteins have to be they don't just float away in the I wouldn't air i would've even thought about that where they go yeah and we're camping so yeah. we're kind of remote but we always choose a place that has cell reception um, for safety, and uh, so I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if we should do this, I don't know, I don't know and then, um, and she had some and she loves fish fry like this, fresh fish fried, <laughs> and eaten. Yeah. And she ate so many pieces, and uh, we brought a salad, and then our friends also brought a salad and it was this potato salad, and has this yummy Dijon dressing on it and she refused to eat it, and I was like that is so rude, buddy, you need to eat it and she begrudgingly ate it And then on the paddle home that night, she's kind of, you know, she wasn't really herself. And we had bunk beds and she was up on the talk bunk and she's like, I really don't feel well. And I was like, oh, you ate so many pieces of fish. And I'm trying to, I'm thinking shellfish, 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 shellfish. And uh, I was like, you ate so much. And it was fried in like canola oil or something. And uh, I thought, well, maybe that was just too much. It's just upsetting your stomach. Anyways, she was so sick to her stomach that night. And I kept saying, oh, I'm so sorry, buddy. Like, you know, because I was thinking if it's anaphylaxis, she's going to have spots. She's going to stop, mm -hmm. you know. So I kind of put the shellfish thing off the table um, because she was able to eat it so well. And then she, uh, she was being sick to her stomach. I was like, I'm so sorry. Maybe don't eat so much fish next time. And she's like, it wasn't the fish. It's the potato salad. And I was, and then all of a sudden another light bulb goes on and I'm thinking, of all of these times we've been at people's houses that have accommodated a diet for her. So they don't use processed foods. So they do a roast or they make homemade salad dressing. And every single one of those things has like Dijon mustard in it. It's like the Dijon mustard, rub and mm-hmm. the Dijon mustard in the salad dressing with a balsamic glaze and blah, blah, blah. And then I, and I'm, I'm like as she's saying this, it's like all of. I'm like wow, wow, wow. She's allergic to mustard. Oh my goodness. So then, ironically, we had an allergist appointment about two weeks after that, and I said, could you just test her for mustard? Because I, I don't know. I'm thinking that there's something going on. And sure enough, he's like, wow, you're allergic to mustard. Mustard. <laughs> mustard, but so. So all of those times, you know, Stuart's parents would come and they'd bring big hunks of steak and we'd put Montreal steak spice on it because that would make it taste better, yeah. I guess. And because we weren't really, that wasn't, we, we didn't really eat like that. And, uh, and so I needed to put flavoring on it to make mm. it taste good. And she would gag and be sick at the table. And I just assumed it was seasonal allergies, Mm -hmm. you know, those extra mucus or something. But then she would come back and then she would eat the vegetables or everything else, but she wouldn't touch the meat or she wouldn't touch the salad. Mm -hmm. And actually she didn't eat salad for, I don't know how many years because she equated salad with feeling so terrible Mm -hmm. and she wouldn't eat sliced meat like, like roast beef or roast or pork tenderloin or anything like that she would only eat ground beef because it was the only thing that never had mustard in it so so how old was she when she found out that mustard one she was about 11 okay wow mm-hmm. yeah holy yeah what a journey yeah maybe a little bit sooner than that she was probably 10 going on 11 but yeah so that was she's never lost any allergies she's only gained mm-hmm. um and we're at that place of food testing right now oral challenges and the first experience of an oral challenge was you go to sick kids they give you a crumb of the food they eat it and 30 minutes later the nurse comes in and checks to see if you have any symptoms and then you eat a, um, a bite size and then 30 minutes later they come and check and then you you know, and then you eat a quarter of a serving, and then you eat half a serving, and then you eat a whole serving. So it's over a period of time, and at that time you're sitting in the waiting room with six or seven other families that are going through the same thing. And so the energy in that room is like the moms lifting up their kids' yes. shirts, looking down. How do you feel? Can you breathe? Like, you know, do you have any so hives? How's your throat feel? Yeah. It's so tense. And and on the television at SickKids, in they have CP twenty four. On, they don't have Aww. like a kids thing. You're just watching car accidents and, and all this tragic stuff happening in them, and this energy of all these parents terrified of their kids. And before they put the food in their mouths, the allergists make you make the kid aware of what's happening. There is a chance that you're going to have a reaction to this, and if you do, you need to administer epipen to yourself. And they. That's scary that's for a, a kid. Yeah, I can't imagine that. That's scary. So she did the wheat challenge and we thought it was awesome. You know, she had a she had a bit of a scratchy throat, but she, you know, took the crumb and she sniffed it and licked it. <laughs> and the nurse said, you know what, honey, like you need to put it in your mouth. Otherwise we're going to be here for a long time. So finally she put it in and she's like, well, my throat's a little bit scratchy. And then I went, I said, you know what, honey, like a, a crumb. To be able to swallow a crumb of anything is really hard to do without a cup of water. Like, You know, you're fine. Mm-hmm. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then she, um, and she was fine. She seemed fine. And then finally she got to the full serving and she's like, I just ate a muffin. I just ate a whole muffin. Super excited. And then nurse was about to send us down to the dietitian for a plan because you have to eat week then for however many weeks to desensitize to okay. it and um and she said oh before you go i should just check your back and she lifted up her shirt and she had hives on her back and Aww. she's like oh honey i'm so sorry and then she, as we were talking then she's getting hives all over her face and so then they had to keep us there for another two hours That's discouraging and then the whole office closed and the nurse stayed with us you mm-hmm. know well then we had or benadryl and reactin and, mm-hmm. and and waited and so now we're up for a baked egg and almond and that's she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to do it. She actually her her goal she loves the smell of eggs. So she really really wants to be able to eat an egg, a real egg, a scrambled egg. It smells so good and you if if we eat scrambled eggs and she doesn't yeah, she sits at the table and she's like Oh, that looks so good. Mm. Eggs smell terrible. I don't know why she finds that so attractive, but she loves the smell of eggs. So I thought she'd be excited to try baked egg. But the rules for try, the rules for baked egg are really tricky. You have to bake it for something crazy, like 38 minutes at this temperature, and to ensure the eggs are actually fully cooked and baked. And the ratio of eggs to batter needs to be this, and you can't have um, you can't have fruit in it, and you can't have chocolate chips in it because the batter doesn't cook around mm-hmm. those things, so it wouldn't be a true a true test. Um, anyways, she said no. She doesn't want to. It's it's too scary. She doesn't want to do it.
0: I think yeah, and I think that like you said, with with time, is that she might just. This is working for her right now. Everything that she's doing yeah, right now is working for her safe, right now. And she
1: can control it. That's right. Yeah. But the fear is, is that the older she gets, the less like likely, she'll likely she'll be able to that she'll more. be, or that we can maybe add eggs to her diet. Right. Um, because, you know, at 18, they discharge you from sick kids and you're now an adult and oh, hip doesn't put priorities on adults trying to have food challenges because they figure by that time, you know, you kind of you you have you have what you have. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to outgrow it. So there's a little bit of pressure in the next 5 years to kind of move along with the process. So the other cool thing is that she has no reaction to almonds. On the skin, you know, if I make a paste of almonds and put it on her skin, nothing, not a single thing. But you it's almost impossible to separate almonds from other tree nuts. Like the cross-contamination is, is there. So we would have to buy bulk almonds in the shell, crack them, wash them actually, wash them first, crack them, and then process them. So we need like a dedicated freezer to almonds because I can only seem to buy almonds at Christmas time. And that would be how we would eat almonds because she's definitely at risk of anaphylaxis to those other tree nuts like she would be to peanuts. Like there probably Hmm. is no chance that she would ever outgrow those. And so it's kind of scary to think. Totally it is. Yeah. And there's a lot of work that would go into, like it'd be really great to say here, honey, can you have some almonds instead of a handful of rice crackers for Mm -hmm. a snack? Mm -hmm. Um, And so the goal, the goal from the allergist standpoint is to try and introduce, to get her more food groups into her. Um, She's pretty healthy, but you know, that's a lot of things it's a lot of things but she can't yeah. she's pretty limited that she's never ever 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 had
0: i guess that's it too though right she hasn't had it and then had it withdrawn right she doesn't
1: yes, necessarily know what so many different things taste right. like well in some of those things she's never actually even eaten she's never eaten wheat except for those muffins mm-hmm. she said barley but never uh you know she had rye and she said spelt and kamut, but she's not ever actually had wheat because i thought it was i thought she had celiac when she was younger and then she's never had eggs she's never had um, other than dairy she had that little tiny um, bit when she tried it and probiotics are cultured on dairy proteins and if she has probiotic barfs and they even say on the label contains no dairy holy yeah Yeah, it's pretty wild it's pretty wild. So in this journey, there's been a, a couple of times, like I said, I've never thought we would ever be able to do a birthday party. Mm-hmm. Like, she'd never go to a birthday party. And we have this really awesome chocolate cupcake recipe. It's yeah. really awesome. Okay, And so many people have asked for this chocolate cupcake recipe and one mom made it. And actually she invited Olivia to her kids, like her kid invited Olivia to her party when she was, they were five, they were five, I think. And I couldn't believe, like, I, I just couldn't even believe that it was happening. I could not believe that my kid was able to go to a birthday party safely. It was wild. Because Stuart and I had this this rule that when we were in a function, um, it was one-on-one. We always had, there always had to be an adult supervising her, you know, and holding her hand at Christmas, at Easter, uh, retirement parties and weddings and whatever. Because, you know, we had to keep, somebody had to keep her safe. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so uh yeah to be able to be included in stuff like that is just really special and it's so touching when you know our little friends our little friends who are now big friends um say you know that they know i'll wait and eat my muffin that has you know nuts in it until after i'm done playing with olivia
2: or you
1: know it's beautiful you know we can't take this now because olivia is coming to it and and people go out of their way to make things safe for her you know in our homeschooling group we have book club meetings and then they they, uh you know they bring things that are safe but but now as she's getting older and she's realizing that accidents can happen Mm -hmm. she's scared so so scared to do to eat food from other people so even though you know for a brief period of time it was wonderful and it was so lovely now we've had to take a step back and say, please don't go out of your way, because she's not comfortable trying it, mm-hmm. even though you went to all of that. Right. And so she feels badly because she knows how much work it goes into for people to make stuff that's safe. Um. You know, she feels badly not even right, trying it. Right, but she's it, just but not she's there. terrified to yep, try it. Yeah, for now. sure. So Understandably so. Yeah, yeah, which is so interesting, the way that it all. I can only. I can only imagine how it must feel to be a child with food allergies or with anything, with any illness. I mean, I don't say that she has an illness, she just has a thing. She doesn't have an illness. She's perfectly healthy, which I'm grateful for. Yes. You know, but the reality of knowing that your kid could die at any moment because of an accidental piece of food in their mouth is horrifying. Yes. So, you know, I. <laughs> I uh, I've tried to think of ways and I even find myself, you know, saying to Stuart, "Why what what why are you using that knife on that on there? What? Like why are you what are you doing? What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> um you know, we've been living this way for 12 years. Um and I'm sure he's you know, sometimes we forget, right? I'm the mm-hmm. soul. I'm I'm with her all the time. So I eat with this hand and I prepare food with this hand and they don't cross over. Mm -hmm. This hand is always safe. That's your normal. This is my normal. This, I will always have this hand safe to do something for Olivia. This hand, maybe not. Um, And, and all of those little strategies that I don't even think of. And you'll notice, you know, if you spend time with her, you know, she's not comfortable. She'll have her sleeves over her hands or, you know, She'll sit in the corner and she won't eat the food that we've brought for the occasion in case somebody spits when they're talking or, you know, in case a little toddler comes by and touches it or... Mm-hmm. So the strategies that she's come up with herself and I've come up with and us as a family, you know, <laughs> we joked do, yeah. about getting a, a cooler that plugs into your van. So yeah. we just always have food available. Um, but I will say that Christophe at the Rhubarb has been amazing So we can, and Terry, Terry, for encouraging me to ask Christoph to make food for her. Um, You know, we've been able to go out and eat as a family, and her Uh, order food at the rhubarb. Yeah, shout out! I know, I know. Thanks, guys, big time. (laughs) And then at um, at a at a restaurant Hobart's in Lindsay, Mm -hmm. and I sent an email to the chef just saying, "Look, at we're coming to my my dad's birthday party." I have this kid you know are you okay if I bring her own food and they're like if you felt comfortable we'd be willing to make something for her and they bought a frying pan for her they prepped her meal the day before and kept it in another fridge and then when we arrived the chef came out and greeted me and took me back and said okay this is the salt I bought brand new salt brand new pepper here's the frying pan here's this is everything safe is this olive oil safe and I i was crying oh of course i can't believe this i can't believe this and she ordered like roasted potatoes and chicken like (laughs) some steamed broccoli like not a big deal but but everyone is capable of making those things and uh and then she had a dedicated server so that girl only got olivia water and only brought her meal and took her meal that's it that's it. Because it was busy and there was lots yep. of people. And that's really special. So the fact... So, I mean, it was just like, wow, we can actually... It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible to go out and do this. Mm-hmm. And we've also discovered that New York fries is also safe. New York fries. New York fries. That's good. Yeah. Just potatoes and salt. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always have to remind them that we have a dairy allergy. Please don't bag them underneath the dripping cheese receptacle. Oh, gosh. Um, but we occasionally do that. And... and and um, Swiss Chalet is also, but we haven't been brave enough to try that. Mm. Yeah. That's a big step. Yeah. Yeah. Big step. So,
0: so for mums and dads and family members that are maybe experiencing these types of, um, you know, symptoms in their child, right? Mm. Or, you know, what would be a piece of advice that you could share with them or with the listeners that are dealing
1: with really severe food allergies in the early stages? Oh, I mean, you just have to advocate for your kid. Like, don't stop until you get at least a skin prick test. Um, and then following that, you get blood work done. So you can get a panel to know, you know, sort of, you can see if things are changing. And that's something that we didn't do. We didn't do the blood work um, for Olivia until she was later. And so I've, I'm i curious to know it, how things have changed over you know, the first 10 years of her life, what, what that looked like and and how serious that is. But I, yeah, I mean, with OHEP, <laughs> you should be able to have your doctor send you to an allergist, do the skin prick test and find out. And, and don't be frightened because there's so many resources. There's so many alternatives to food that, I mean, it's not impossible to safely feed your kid. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, and I think trusting your you know trusting your instincts and your judgment there's been a couple of times that I've gotten trouble by the allergist or by um, by our family doctor for not giving the EpiPen to Olivia because I was confident that things would be fine and she's only had a handful of reactions Um, but if you have an EpiPen and if your kid has an allergic reaction, don't ever hesitate to give them the EpiPen because things change so quickly, and you would never live with yourself if you didn't just give them that little injection mm-hmm. that could have reversed everything in yeah. seconds. Because seconds matter, that's, and that's the big message with, with anaphylaxis, is that if you suspect that your kid is having an allergic reaction, seconds matter yeah that's great advice yeah seconds do matter they do they do and you'll never harm your kid by giving them epinephrine Mm -hmm. when it's not required they might be mad at you they'll have a bruise but they'll never yeah you you can't harm them you can't harm them so mm -hmm. thank
0: you Mm -hmm. (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) for sharing your stories and opening up with us and Educating us too. Like that's just been incredible. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. (laughs) There you go, guys. Another episode of the Safe Haven Podcast. Jolene, thank you so much. Please make sure that you subscribe, like, share these episodes, and comment as you follow along. Your generous support keeps the sharing of these messages coming your way. You can find the Safe Haven Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Podbean. And you can also follow along on Instagram at the Safe Haven Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week.